Christmas, y'all. Are you guys excited? Like five of you are glad that you're excited. Yeah, it's Christmas, y'all. Most wonderful time of the year. I'm, I'm excited. I, I, uh, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I, I'm actually really excited that tomorrow we're going to be celebrating Christmas as a family for the first time, just as our little nuclear family. As an introvert, that's heaven, man. I'm, I'm so looking forward to waking up late tomorrow and just hanging out with my wife and my kids. It's going to be a super exciting day. So glad that you're here with us, whether you're here in the room or maybe you're joining us online. My name is Chris. If we haven't met yet, I'm one of the pastors here at New Life. We're so glad that you're with us on this Christmas Eve. Now, Christmas, I think, maybe means a lot of different things to different people, but I think the one thing that we can probably all agree on is that giving and receiving is at the heart of Christmas. Isn't that true? I mean, at, at the end of the day, isn't it sort of all about the presents? Now, when you're, when you're a kid, it's all about receiving the present, right? In fact, I asked my... Uh, Eight-year-old son, just a couple of nights ago, I said, buddy, what are, you, what are you looking forward to most about Christmas? And he's like, duh, daddy, opening up my presents. Like, he's, he's looking forward to what he's going to get. Now, when you're, you get a little bit older and you have your own kids, you begin to look forward to giving presents to your kids, right? And so you kind of save all year and you go into debt to get them exactly what they want. And you just cannot wait to see the look of thrill and excitement on their face when they open up that present and you're just, man, you're just soaking in their reaction and then half the time they open it up and it's like, thanks, where's the, where's the next one, right? You guys ever experienced that? And you're like, man, I'm gonna take that and throw this in the fireplace, you little brat. I'm gonna teach you about gratitude. There are hungry kids in China. Or maybe that's just me I, and I need counseling. So anyway, um, whether, whether, whether you kind of, wherever you are on the Christmas scale, whether you're all about giving or receiving, whether you're a kid, you're an adult, I think we all realize that ultimately it's about giving and receiving. Heard a story of a, of a little boy uh, on Christmas and um, he, he really wanted a bike. And so he sat down and he was gonna write uh, a letter to, to Santa. And so he, he sits down and he writes, Dear Santa, he's like, no, no, no. He scratches that out. And he's like, man, no, actually, I, I think I need a higher power. So he sits down and he writes, dear Jesus. And he says, dear Jesus, if you will give me the bike that I want for Christmas, I'll be good for a month. And then he started thinking, he's like, man, there's no way I can be good for a month. So he scratches that out. He writes, dear Jesus, if you give me that bike that I really want, I'll be good for a week. And he's like, man, I can even be good for a day scratches it out. So he's thinking like, how am I gonna do this? And finally, you see this little boy and he walks into the family living room. On the mantle, there's the family nativity scene. He takes Mary out of the nativity scene and he wraps Mary up and he goes and he sits down to write the note again and he says, dear Jesus, I have your mother. If you ever wanna see her again, I'm gonna need a bike for Christmas. <laughs> now that little kid needs Jesus, doesn't he? And no, it was not one of my kids. Why did you think it was one of my kids? It, it was one of Mike Watkins' kids. No, just, just kidding. It, his, kids are, his kids are saints. 2020, I think, has put a lot of us kind of in that mood, man. We are, it's Christmas. It's the end of the year. It's been a long year. It's been a tough year. It's been a painful year. It's been a frustrating year. We're ready to take a hostage. I, uh, I looked up this week some popular 2020-themed uh, Christmas ornaments and presents. So just in case you're looking for a last-minute gift, I just want to show a couple of these to you. Uh, the first one we have is the, uh, the good old 2020 toilet paper roll, if you want to remember back to March and reflect on that beautiful season. There's some hand sanitizer. You can also hand 
you can kind of hang on your Christmas tree. And then we've got the, uh, the infamous COVID-friendly Santa. And then one of my favorites, this is on a t-shirt, you can give that away to the dumpster fire that was 2020. And the last one, there are no words. You're just gonna have to figure that one out. But that's the one that I would like to give. Now listen, whether you're giving or receiving one of those kind of 2020 gifts, I think we can all agree, Christmas is ultimately about giving and receiving. That's what I wanna talk to you about for the next 25 minutes is the very first Christmas gift and hands down the greatest gift that has ever been given. And sadly, I think one of the gifts that uh, maybe a lot of people have left unopened under the Christmas tree. Now, you guys are, are probably familiar with the Christmas story by now that's recorded for us in Luke's gospel and Matthew's gospel, right? The one where the Virgin Mary is pregnant and there's a census and so they're going back to their hometown of Bethlehem, but there's no room in the inn. And then all of a sudden there's these angels that appear to the shepherds in the field and they kind of declare that this newborn king is born. And then Mary finally in this filthy stable gives birth to little baby Jesus. So we all kind of know that story. That's where we get our cute little nativity scenes from. And the reality is for many of us, that's all Christmas is, isn't it? It's just about presents and Santa and nativity scenes that are kind of based on fairy tales that maybe make us feel good for one day out of the year. But what if I told you that Christmas was actually far more than that? What, what if you've actually been missing out on something much deeper about Christmas that has the power not just to make one day a year magical, but has the power to actually transform your entire life into something more spectacular than you ever dreamed possible? To discover that reality, we're actually gonna have to rewind in time. And so we're gonna go all the way back this evening to 700 BC, right? So seven centuries before the very first Christmas, 700 years before Jesus was actually born in that little stable. See, 2,700 years ago, the world, much like our day, was in a very dark place. People 2,700 years ago lived in a time of unthinkable brutality and violence, unimaginable suffering and disease was just a normal part of their lives. In fact, most people lived in abject poverty and filth, and that was completely normal 2,700 years ago. The prophet Isaiah, who was alive in this time period, wrote about the people and how they felt during this time. This is what he said. Listen to this. This is what he says. The people's heart shook like trees in the forest shake beneath the wind. He was saying, these people are terrified, they're hopeless, they're desperate. It sort of sounds a little bit like our day and age. But Isaiah, in describing this kind of hopeless situation, he actually begins to plant seeds of hope. I want you to listen to what Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter seven. He says this, therefore, listen to this, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means what? God with God with us. So Isaiah is saying, yeah, listen, I, I know everything seems dark and hopeless in the world right now. Like, I'm not trying to deny that. I'm not trying to cover that up. I'm not trying to sugarcoat that. The reality is we, lived in a, we live in a very messed up world. Isaiah's like, man, yeah, there, this world is filled with death and disease and calamity. But here's the thing. God is going to send a savior born of a virgin to take what we've broken and what we've shattered and begin to make it all right again. And this Savior is going to begin to put the pieces back together and make things whole again. Isaiah goes on to describe this incredible first Christmas gift in more detail in chapter 9. I want you to watch this. This will also be on the screens for you. Isaiah writes this. The people who walked in darkness. So he's, he's looking 700 years into the future as he pins this. 
This is incredible. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Verse six, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. See, Isaiah wants us to know that this gift from on high, this very first Christmas present, isn't just an ordinary gift. In fact, this is, this is an exquisite four-part gift that you cannot afford to leave unopened this Christmas. So just quickly, I kind of want to walk you through those, those four parts of this gift, and then we can all leave here and drink eggnog and play in the snow if there's snow or go wrap our dumpster fire themed Christmas presents to give to other people. So this is the gift, four parts really quickly. Isaiah says this coming savior is gonna be these four things. Part one, he says, this savior that's coming into the world, born of a virgin, he's gonna be a wonderful counselor. Now Isaiah is saying, listen, this, this virgin born savior, his wisdom is going to surpass even that of King Solomon, even that of Oprah Winfrey or Dr. Phil, like all of them, he's going to have more wisdom and insight than all of them. Just read his teaching, study his wisdom. They are unmatched. He is the wonderful counselor. Is there anybody out there during this season that's in need of a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of good counsel? Anyone out there that would just be honest and say, man, Chris, my marriage is hanging on by a thread. Man, and I've tried in 2020, and the reality is I don't think I'm going to have any more success in 2021, so unless something happens, this is heading for a train wreck. Is there anybody out there that's saying, man, I, I, don't, know how to, I don't know how to raise these kids. <laughs> I've got these teenagers now. Like, I, I, I don't know what, what to do. I'm afraid I'm going to mess them up, or they're going to mess me up, and I, I just don't know what to do. Is there anybody out there that's thinking, man, I've got this, I've got this deep heart wound from something that happened a long time ago. Maybe it's something that I did. Maybe it's something that somebody else did to me. And I just can't seem to work past it, man. I just, I don't know how to heal this place inside of me and I don't know how to work past it and move on. I want you to listen to the words of Jesus' little half-brother named James in a book, the Bible, that he wrote called James in the New Testament. Listen to his little bro. This is what he says. I love this. If anyone lacks wisdom, ask God who will give it to you freely and generously. The, the Hebrew word actually that Isaiah uses for counselor there, the wonderful counselor, literally means one who advises, one who instructs, or one who guides. And so it's, it's kind of the idea that if one of my goals in 2021 was to, to climb Mount Everest, and so let's say all of next year, I spent the, the next 12 months really just kind of training my mind and training my body to summit Mount Everest. When I fly over there and land in Nepal or India or wherever it is and I get to base camp, listen, I, I don't want the guy that's like, hey, yeah, look, I, I've, I've read a lot on the internet about how to get up. I've never actually done it, but I'm pretty sure I can probably get you up there alive and, and there's like at least a 30% chance I could get, like, I don't want that guide. I want the 55-year-old Sherpa who's been leading expeditions up the mountain for like, you know, since he was six months old, right? Because he's got He's got the experience, he's been there, he's done it, he's got the scars all over his body to prove it. And Isaiah is saying, listen, Jesus is the ultimate guide to your life. Friend, are you suffering? This has been a hard year. There's a lot of people suffering right now. I want you to know you have a savior who suffered even more. Are you struggling financially? Has this been a hard year? Are you broke? 
Friend, know this, Jesus was homeless. Jesus said, I don't even have a place to lay my head. When he died and they took him off the cross, they had to borrow a tomb to lay his body for three days. Do you feel alone? Do you feel isolated? Like you just kind of been cut off from the world and your friends and your family? Jesus was cut off. He was abandoned. He was betrayed by all of his closest friends at his hour of most desperate need. And so Isaiah says, he is the wonderful counselor, man. He is the guy who sees you and gets you because he's been there. I'll never forget, uh, just a few years ago, um, Cheryl and I were just, we were at this um, crossroads in, in our lives. And just, we, we had to make some decisions, and I'm not talking about like what color we're gonna paint the, the living room. I'm talking about like life-altering decisions that were gonna affect our family. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I, I, I didn't know heads or tails. I didn't know whether to go right or, or left. I was confused. There were two or three options kind of on the table, and I just did not know what to do. I was, I was so stressed out. I can remember I was, I was prepping for a sermon at, at a coffee shop and I was, I was typing and, and I would, as I was typing, I noticed that, that my right hand just had a tremor that, that, I, that I couldn't control. And I was like, man, I'm 35 years old. Do I have like Parkinson's disease? And so I was like, man, that, that's just kind of weird. And I just kind of kind of put that in the back of my mind. But then over the next couple of weeks, I started experiencing like numbness in my feet and my hands and, and my lips. And then I started getting like muscle convulsions that I, that I really couldn't uh, control, I had no control over. And so I did the one thing that you should never do is I went on Google and I figured out that I had a brain tumor and I was probably gonna be dead in about six months. I was working on my will. And man, I was so, it was just a hard season. I was depressed, I was anxious. I didn't know what to do. Man, I got, I'm in charge of like helping lead my family and I don't know what to do and this is confusing and I could mess things up for my family. And man, I, just, I didn't know what in the world to do. And so I went to the doctor. My doctor sent me to a neurologist and he ran all these tests and all these crazy things and he said, man, you, like you're physically, you're healthy. And so he sent me down and he says, hey, Chris, are you, are you under any stress? I said, man, you have, you have no idea. He said, man, you, you, you've, got to, you've got to get away from that. Stress can actually kill you. This is what's going on in your life. And so I remember for the next six months, after that meeting with my neurologist, man, I, I dug into God's word and I spent more time in prayer than I ever had in my life. But listen, because I was desperate for his counsel. I was desperate for his leading and his wisdom in my life. And I'm telling you, man, I, I cannot really explain it, but I can tell you this, God spoke to me in those six months. He spoke to me through his word repeatedly, time and time again. He spoke to me through his spirit. He ordered my steps. He made my path clear. And so I can personally attest to the reality that Jesus is the wonderful counselor. And I know that there are many of you in this room and online that could say the same thing. You could give the same testimony. He is our wonderful counselor. And here's what this prophecy is telling us. And this will be on the screens for you because I think it's that important. This is huge. Listen, Jesus came to save real people with real problems. He came to save real people with real problems. And I don't know about you, man, but that is, that is really good news for me because I need a real savior that can identify with real people, with real issues and real problems and provide real solutions and directions because I don't know about you, but my life is not picture perfect. It's just not. And if I were a betting man, I would bet that your life is actually not picture perfect either. And Isaiah is saying, press into the wonderful counselor. He is good. He will lead you. He will be your guide up the mountain called life. 
And that's the first part of this exquisite, the very first Christmas gift. He is the wonderful counselor, the Savior. Here's part two. He says, this Savior who's coming into the world is gonna be a light into this darkness. He's also gonna be a mighty God for you. This is what Isaiah is saying. He says, listen, this, this, this Savior who is coming is not coming as some weak, puny Savior who, who kind of wants to help you out, but he just can't muster up enough power to actually get you out of your problems. So if you're here, you're tuned in, and you're kind of turned off by this idea or picture of a puny God who doesn't have the power to actually intervene and intercept your life and do something powerful. Listen, that you should be turned off by that because that's not the biblical picture of who God is. If that's how you picture Jesus, as being just kind of a frail, weak savior, it's no wonder that you have no interest in really giving your life fully to him. It's no wonder that you have no real deep desire to walk with him and allow him to be your wonderful counselor and mighty God. But Isaiah is saying, no, 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 no. Jesus is not some weak and frail, needy God just sitting in the corner of heaven begging people to love him and accept him. No, he is the Almighty. The Savior is the one who commands the winds and the waves, and they obey. He's the one who splits the sea for his people. He's the one who allows the blind to see. He's the one who raises the dead. In fact, he's the one who looked death in the face and never even flinched. He conquered sin, death, and hell, hell on your part and my part. And the great news is the scriptures tell us that he's coming back again, except this time he's not coming as a little babe in a manger. He's coming as the conquering king to establish his kingdom. So I just wonder, friend, are you, are you facing any obstacles? Do you have any mountains, any giants that you have to face as you think towards 2021? Friend, listen, you need a mighty God. You don't need some little puny God that you just read about somewhere in the pages of history. You need a real, breathing, with you, conquering king. And Isaiah is saying, this is the guy. You get nothing less than the almighty God when you come to Jesus. This is a God, friend, who is for you and not against you. And things get even better. He says, Here, here's part, part three of this gift. So not only is this coming Savior gonna be a wonderful counselor that you can press into and lean into and he will lead you when everything else is chaotic and you're confused and you don't know where to go in life, you can come to the Savior. He'll be your wonderful counselor. He'll be your mighty God. He's not a weak God. He is powerful to do things and move mountains to do all thing, kind of things in your life. And that's not it. He says, here's the third part of this gift. This Savior is also gonna be like an everlasting father. Now, this is not a reference to God the Father. Isaiah was not confused about the doctrine of the Trinity. All this is is Isaiah describing what the Son is going to be like to us relationally, how Jesus would care for us. Now, I realize this, this one might be a, a tougher one for some of you because I realize that for some of you, your earthly dad either was or is absent, angry, or abusive. And so I know the reality is for a lot of you, you carry a deep father wound. And so the idea of a savior being like a father is, is actually not comforting to you. It's actually confusing or repulsive to you. And so let me just, if that's kind of where you're at, you're like, man, I, I, the whole idea of dad, the whole idea of father, it, it just it make, makes me sick because I, I'm dealing with a lot of trauma in my heart because of my earthly father. Let me, let me just describe this savior for you, lest this description be a stumbling block for you. I want you to understand what Jesus is like. Jesus is a savior 
who if you come to him, will love you perfectly. Jesus is the gift that if you come to him, will protect you ferociously. And he's a savior that if you come to him, he will provide for you generously. All that you wished you had in an earthly father, Jesus, listen, Jesus is all of those things seamlessly and flawlessly. I want you to listen to a couple of passages and how they describe the character of God. This is in Exodus 34. Listen to this. This is beautiful. It says, the Lord, listen, the Lord is a compassionate and gracious God. He is slow to anger. Anybody else thankful that he's slow to anger? I know I, I, know I am. He's slow to anger. And he's abounding in faithful love and truth. Now, here's one of my, my, my most favorite. This is found in Zephaniah, little Old Testament book, 317. Listen to this. The Lord, your God, listen to this, is with you. He's not an absentee father, y'all. He is, he is with us. He is Emmanuel. This is our Savior. He is with us. We are not alone in this world if we have Jesus. The Lord, your God, is with you. No absentee father here. No abusive father here. No angry father here. He is the mighty warrior who saves. He is our protector. He cares for you. He sees you right where you're at in all your mess and all your brokenness, and he loves you just like you are. If you come to him, he will be your protector. Listen to the next thing he says. The writer says here, he will take great delight in you. Listen, do you long to be delighted in? Do you long, do you long to be known deeply? Like all, all the good, all the bad, all the ugly, and still be loved in spite of you. In spite of those dark parts of your heart and your mind that you don't really show to anybody? because you're sure if they actually saw who you were deep down, that they would reject you instantly? Zephaniah says, he's the one who sees you, knows you fully and completely, and he delights in you. In his love, listen to this, he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. Have you ever been loved by somebody so much that every time you walk in the room, they just break into song? Every time I come home after work, Cheryl just breaks into song. Start singing lyrics about hero and hottest guy on the planet and just kidding. And then, I, then I woke up. That would be a true miracle if that happened. But listen, but this next part is true. I can't sing worth a lick. And a lot of y'all know that because you've seen some of my announcement videos. Some of you have stood behind me in a church service, but this is no joke. I sing to my kids all the time. I just make up songs about them. They walk in the room and I just start singing songs about them. You say, Chris, why? I, I don't know. I, I can't help myself. I just, it's because it's I, I love them. It's because they're my kids. I love them because I love them because I love them. There's no other reason. It's not because they perform or do anything for me. I just love my kids, and I sing over them. Friend, I want you to listen. His love for you is unconditional. His love for you is never-ending. It's unstoppable. This is truly what Isaiah is describing 2,700 years ago, the unmatched gift. There's nobody like Jesus. He is the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He is the everlasting father, like the father you always wished you had. There's one more part to this gift. Isaiah says, this savior will be not just a wonderful counselor to you, not just a mighty God, a miracle worker in your life, not just the everlasting father that you always dreamed you could have, but you never did. He's also number four, He's also gonna be the Prince of Peace. Now, I don't know about you, but 
I don't know if there's anything our world needs more desperately right now than we need peace. I mean, is our world not absolutely wracked and wrecked with bitterness, arguing, fighting, and tribalism, and all this whole idea of us versus them, man, and it's the Republicans against the Democrats, and it's the maskers versus the anti-maskers, and the vaxxers versus the anti-vaxxers, man, and there's just all this chaos and tumult, man, and there's all this death and disease and war and pain in our world. Listen, our hearts long for shalom. Hearts ache for Eden, what we lost in that garden all those years ago. We long for true inner tranquility and peace. And Isaiah is saying, there is one coming, and in our case, one who has come, who can grant you all of that. There's only one, and he can grant you all of that. I want you to listen to the way Luke describes these events in his gospel. Luke was actually a Greek doctor who became a follower of Jesus when he began to investigate the life and teachings of Jesus. And Luke, the doctor, wrote this in his gospel describing the Christmas events. He says this, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. You would be scared too. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Listen to this, listen to this, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. What the angels were announcing almost 2,000 years ago is this. Jesus isn't coming into the world the first time to bring world peace. Now he will do that. That's the second advent. That's the second coming. That's what we're waiting on now. But the first time, 2,000 years ago, when he was born as a babe in the manger, but the angel is saying he's coming this time to bring inner peace, to bring heart healing to real people with real struggles, with real lives, just like you and just like me. See, friend, at the end of the day, your greatest need isn't peace in your marriage as much as you might think that that's the case. If you're a kid or a teenager, as much as you might think, man, your greatest need in life is not peace with your mom or your dad. Your greatest need in life is not peace with that crazy neighbor who drinks too much eggnog and then plays terrible Mariah Carey Christmas songs late into the wee hours of the morning. Not that I have a neighbor that would do that. Neighbor, if you're watching, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the other neighbor. You actually sing beautifully. Your greatest need, your greatest need, friend, is not a better job, although that might be helpful. Your greatest need in life, your greatest need as we head into 2021 is not more money. Young person, your greatest need, whether you think it is or not, your greatest need is not the right boyfriend or the right girlfriend. Now listen, Jesus can help you with all of those things, but all of my greatest problems and all of your greatest problems are tied to this one truth that we are separated from a perfect and holy God by our sin. Now, sin is just a churchy word that means us choosing our way over God's way. And listen, friend, we do that 
100,000 times a day. Every single one of us, and God is perfect and he's holy and we are separated from him. There's a massive chasm between us and our creator because of our sin. What the angels are declaring in Luke, what Isaiah is proclaiming, what the angels are proclaiming to the shepherds is that Jesus came to bring peace first and foremost in that relationship in our vertical relationship with our creator. Listen, friend, and once that vertical relationship is right, here's the amazing thing. Everything else begins to make sense. Everything else begins to kind of flow into place once that vertical relationship is right. And once that is in the right place, then healing and peace can begin to flow into other areas of our life. Isaiah is saying, that's, that's our savior. He is the prince of peace. I love this quote by author Max Lucado. This will be on the screens for you. This is what he writes. If our, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a savior. Now I wanna close with probably the most famous passage in the whole of scriptures, John 3, 16 and 17. And I wanna invite you to read this with me. It'll be on the screens for you. Let's make this our Christmas declaration this night, December 24th. John 3, 16 says this, for God, you read it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave, that's a Christmas present, that's the greatest gift, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Friend, this is the first and greatest Christmas gift. And here's what I know to be true about presents, and I'm gonna put this on the screens for you. You have to open the gift to experience the gift. Did you know that? You have to open the gift. It's not enough to just look at the gift under the tree. It's not enough to admire the gift. Say, man, that looks like a great gift. Let me study that gift. I'm gonna memorize the patterns on the, the paper on this gift. I'm gonna admire the gift. I'm gonna memorize what the gift looks like. It's not enough to just look at the gift. You've gotta open the gift to experience the gift and that's what Luke and Isaiah are telling us. There's been a savior that's been sent into this world and he is Emmanuel, he is God with us. He is like nobody else this world has ever seen. And he's what you need and he's all you've ever needed. He's what I need and he's all I've ever needed. And so I don't know what you're hoping to get under the tree tomorrow morning, whatever it is, I hope that you get it. All I'm telling you is that this is the one gift and you can't afford to leave unwrapped under the tree this Christmas. For unto us, a child is born. For unto us, a son is given. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And that, friend, is what Christmas is all about. Would you stand with me as we pray? then we're gonna get ready to sing our hearts out to this king who came to redeem us, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus the Christ.
Let's pray. God, thank you for this indescribable gift. God, a gift that we don't deserve, I don't deserve. Certainly not a gift that we've earned in any kind of way. God, thank you for sending Jesus into this world. Jesus, thank you for coming into this world as God wrapped in human flesh when you didn't have to on a rescue mission for us. Jesus, thank you for coming into this world to be born in the filth of a manger, growing up as a little boy, and living a perfect, perfect, flawless, sinless life that each one of us should have lived, but we never could because we were separated from you by our own sin, God. But Jesus, you did for us what we could never do. So thank you for living that perfect life. Thank you for going to the cross and paying for our sin that we could never pay ourselves. And Jesus, thank you that you didn't stay in that tomb in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, but just like you said, three days later, you walked out and you're alive and you're reigning now and you will forevermore. Thank you, God, for the greatest gift, the first Christmas gift, Jesus. It's in his beautiful, his mighty name that we ask and we pray. Amen. Church, let's sing to our King.